Amanda Smith here. Thanks so much for joining me on another episode of How She Did It. I'm so happy to have you here with me, and I want you to come back. So make sure before you go, you hit that subscribe button. That way you can hang with us each week. So this week's guest currently works as a host, analyst, and reporter for Altitude TV and Altitude Sports Radio. My fellow Midwesterner, Katie Wingy, is on the show. Take a listen. Hey there, Amanda Smith here with Katie Wingy. Thank you so much for making time to join me on the show today. Of course, Amanda. I'm so happy to be here. And um, I've got nothing but time right now, as I feel so many of us do. <laughs> you know, we're going to get into more of this as we continue our conversation. But I saw you played basketball at Illinois State. I'm from Illinois. So I'm always happy when I have like a former Midwesterner, someone who gets that kind of area on the show. <laughs> totally, totally. So I'm from Minnesota originally, but yes, was recruited to play basketball at Illinois State and played four years there as a Redbird, loved it, um, learned so much about myself and about the game. And I feel very fortunate to still be working around basketball. And I think that's part of what I bring to that role in terms of um, the knowledge of the game, experience playing, and, and knowing what these athletes are going through when I'm talking about the sport. So um, I actually saw your phone when your phone number popped up. It was a Illinois area code, and I was wondering the backstory there too. So I always I love I love talking with Midwesterners. We have like a, a culture and a vibe all our own. <laughs> that is so funny that you were like this area code is familiar. What's your story yeah. here? <laughs> You know, now we see you as a, a host and an analyst and reporter, but you said that your love for basketball began in third grade. You talked about playing college ball. What are some of the skills and lessons you think you maybe learned as a player that you've been able to carry over into your professional life? Yeah, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, in all honesty. Um, I think sports mimic, mimic life in so many ways, whether you're a fan or a player. And like you said, I fell in love with basketball at a very young age and I bonded with my family over it too. I have a younger brother and my dad was my coach for a lot of years. And um, I think that that brought us together and brought me some of my very best friends. But as far as skill set goes, I mean, you learn so much, whether you're playing a sport in a recreational league or whether you're playing division one college basketball, like I did, I think you learn you know, teamwork, you learn leadership skills, you learn work ethic, what it takes to separate yourself from good to great. Uh, That sounds so cliche, but I I really did learn so much about myself throughout, you know, the darker days, I guess, of playing ball at at that high of a level. And there are days where you don't want to get up and you don't want to go to your workouts, but you do it anyway, because you want to be great. And you have this ultimate goal of, you know, winning with your team. And so I I learned, I think teamwork is probably the biggest because the amount of people that work on a broadcast for an NBA game is so much more than I think the average fan understands. And so knowing your role and being able to do it to the best of your ability, that's how your entire team works the best, the most cohesively. And the leadership skills too, for me, like I know when someone needs 
you know, a little pick me up. I know when, you know, someone might need a little bit of, of criticism and, and I'm so open to criticism because I was that way as a player and I just wanted to keep getting better and better. So as I'm, this is a very long winded answer to your question, but I just think that sports mimic life in so many ways. So the skills that you learn on the floor, on the, on the fields, wherever it might be, are so easily transferable to any job and, and any life situation because, you deal with conflict, you deal with, you know, highs and lows, and and that's the way that that life rolls, you know? Totally. You know, as you talk about working on a broadcast now, you've been with the Nuggets since 2018 and are the first female analyst to cover the team for Altitude TV. How would you describe the journey it's taken to get to this point in your career? Yeah, you know, it's, I'm so grateful um, to be, to have that title. And instantly when I was informed that I was the first female analyst, I just was like overcome with gratitude for people, you know, that have paved the way for me to even have an opportunity to earn that role or earn that title. And Doris Burke is obviously the one who comes to mind, but there are so many people even before her that were women fighting for a right to get into a locker room or, you know, going up against athletes that didn't want to talk to them because they had never played the sport or whatever it might be. And so, yes, I might be the first for the Nuggets, but there are so many people that did the work earlier for me to even have an opportunity like this. As far as how I got here, I, when I was done playing, I took a couple of months off and, and traveled around Europe just because I wanted almost like the full collegiate experience of studying abroad. And I got my first TV job when I was living in Florence, Italy, and they knew when I was coming back to the States. And so I had done like FaceTime interviews and all that good stuff. And they ended up hiring me. It was a super small market local TV station in Rochester, Minnesota. So it was like an hour, 20 minutes from my hometown. And it was a news producer slash sports anchor position. And I had been told, you know, there are a lot of paths to get to where you want to get to, but local TV seemed like the most obvious entry door. And that's a path that I think a lot of people started off taking. I worked there for about eight months. And when I was there, I found out that I had gotten into the sports journalism program at Northwestern in Chicago. And I talked to endless amounts of people, honestly, asking for advice. Do you think I should stay, you know, in the local TV route or should I go to grad school and, and will that help me make my next jump career wise? And I had so many people tell me not to go to grad school. And I think I just, my intuition and my gut was like, you know what, this, what other people do doesn't necessarily mean that that's the best path for you. And I went against all those people and said, no, education is something that's super important to me. It's something that no one can ever take away from you. And I did it. I took the plunge, went to Northwestern for a year, got my master's in sports journalism. And it was my last month of school that I ended up applying for this Denver Nuggets job as the in-arena reporter and got that job and moved to Denver after I graduated in Chicago and worked in the in-arena reporter job for a year, which... I was the producer, reporter, host for my own show that aired in the arena on the Jumbotron called Courtside Countdown. And 
it was like my baby. I was so excited about the creative freedom that I got. I was so excited about, you know, the access that I got working with the Nuggets and, and doing stories on players and coaches and different community events. And Altitude TV actually saw me working that job and said, this is someone that we want to have on our broadcast. So kind of right place, right time. I knew my ultimate goal was at least when I was going through undergrad to work at a regional sports network. And it just is crazy the way that things fell into place for me. Like I said, no journey is the same. Everybody has such a unique path to where they are in this industry. And I don't think it ever goes the way that you plan. And so I, I fell in love with Colorado. I loved my first job, but as soon as altitude came knocking, I was like, wow, I can't believe that this is happening. And I can't believe it's happening as quickly as it did. So just, you never know who's watching, I guess, is the moral of that story. So give your heart and soul to everything that you're doing because there are eyes on you that you don't even know about. And it could lead to a potential life-changing opportunity. When you were in that in arena position, was it on your radar? Like, oh, okay, maybe I could fill this role with Altitude TV. Or were you totally surprised when they came to you? I wasn't totally surprised, but I also, they didn't have any openings at the time. So I just figured, you know, once their sideline reporter moves on, or if there's a hosting position that opens up, um, I want to make sure that I'm one of the names that come into their minds. So I treated that in-arena reporter job very much so as a regional network reporter job. I took that approach of like, I'm going to take this really seriously. I want them to know that I'm capable of doing this even though the title of that job wasn't the same. And I think that that really helped me shine in that role and me stand out in that role of like, okay, she clearly knows the game very well. It wasn't just a an entertainment type role. You know, so often the, the in-arena hosts are like those promo people, the hype people, and we have that too. But this role was so unique and I got to – to mold it into what I wanted it to be. And so I made it something that was easily transferable to what Altitude was looking for, wanted in terms of skill set and traits that I would bring to the job. You know, when you were talking about navigating the industry and, and making that decision to leave your local TV job to go to grad school, and you have, you know, all these people that are like, no, do this. And then you yes. decide to do the opposite. I yeah. feel like a lot of people can probably relate to that feeling of getting all this different advice and ultimately having to go with your gut. What did that moment maybe teach you about decision-making? Well, I have had to made, make some pretty big decisions in my past, too, like even deciding to go to Illinois State. I feel like that is, you know, um, a crossroads when you're you have an opportunity to play division one college basketball and it's just a matter of where you want to go making decisions like that I'm one of those people who I love weighing every option I'm a pro con person I'm like <laughs> let's get as much information as possible before making this decision and so I took the same approach with um, local tv but I'll go back to Illinois State like that was a gut decision too it was like a hey, I, I like the way that I, that this campus feels. I like the way the coaching staff feels. I like the way that the, the players felt. Um, and at the end of the day, it's, I think it's difficult to make those decisions, but 
it's easier for me to sit back and be proud of them regardless of the outcome if I go with what my gut is telling me. If I were to go with what someone else had said, there would always kind of be the what if. And I'm one of those people who I really like, I don't believe in regrets. I think you learn something from every situation regardless. But if you're making a decision that's not based on what you believe and what you feel, you're going to have a lot more question marks with how that turned out as opposed to staying true to yourself. So once I made the Illinois State decision, I kind of realized that that was just the way my my decision-making was going to go from that point on. And I did the same thing with the local TV and the grad school of like, okay, how many people can I talk to? Um, how, like I talked to Northwestern alumni. I talked to current Northwestern students. I talked to local TV reporters. I talked to regional reporters that I knew – you know, had taken their own paths to get to where they are, to see what they thought. And my time in local TV, I was like, this isn't really, this isn't what I want to be doing. Like, if I have to stay in local TV, I don't know if I'll stay in the industry. It just wasn't for me. Um, and so, again, just listening to my gut and knowing that that would project me to the best case scenario in terms of, okay, I'm making this decision. This is something that I have to live with and I hold myself accountable for that. That was ultimately, I think the motivating factor in that was like, okay, I made this decision. This is what my heart said. This is what my gut said. That's something I can live with regardless of the outcome. Growing up loving basketball, when did you know you wanted to eventually work on the media side? It's so funny. I get this question all the time because like, I was on my elementary school had a, a news station with like the announcements every day and it was called KRTS news where kids run the station. <laughs> and we had like, yeah, two anchors. It was fifth grade, two anchors, oh a sports anchor, a weather person. And then like someone who went through like lost and found items and it aired all over the elementary school. And I was a sports reporter on that for, you know, a week. It, it like rotated around who had what role and, and you got to sign up for different positions that you were interested in. And so I was a sports anchor on that, but I really didn't think twice about it. Like, I just was like, I like sports. I'm like, that's what I like doing. Let's be an anchor for this. I mean, then I fast forward to playing. I get to high school. They also have a morning announcement show. I'm involved in that. So I'm on camera again. Then I get to college and I'm covered a lot by the media. And that kind of shifted my perspective. Once people started telling more in-depth stories on me and being around the the family of athletes at Illinois State, I was like, wow, so many of these players have super unique and interesting stories to tell. And I wanted to be the one to tell those stories and bridge that gap between fan and player and bring communities and people together through those stories. And so it wasn't until I started kind of telling my story that I realized I could be on the other side of the camera. And looking back on my track record, right, like it started in fifth grade and I just had no idea that that's kind of where life would take me. It wasn't until my my senior year of college that I was like, this is absolutely what I want to do. This is what I'm going to pursue. I don't want to, you know, leave any questions hanging. I want this. I have to try at the very least. And And you know how competitive this industry is. And so – for me, I just was like, worst case scenario, I, I actually ended up double majoring, so I had marketing as a, back, as a backup. 
and said, worst case scenario, this doesn't work, I at least have to, to give it my best shot. Well, why didn't my elementary school have a lost and found report? <laughs> like, I, I know. I don't so know. Many gloves. So many yeah, gloves. Yeah, it, it really, it was the best <laughs> way. Not that every kid was paying attention to the morning <laughs> announcements, but yeah, that was, and nobody knew they had lost things until they saw it on the morning announcements with the lost and found. So funny. That's so funny. Is there anyone in this industry that you have looked towards or has become a sort of mentor to you as you've navigated your way through it? Yeah. I mean, the person that I watch most often is probably Doris just because she has the analyst opportunity. And that's something that I have recently been given. So I watch her a lot when she's on doing ESPN games and listen to how she, she calls them, how she describes plays, the words that she uses when she holds back on commentary and when she is more colorful in what she's talking about. So I've learned a lot just from watching and listening to her. But in terms of mentors and helping me along to get to where I am, Allie Clifton, who's now with the Lakers and Spectrum Sports in LA, has been so instrumental in my personal growth and helping me make some some of these decisions along the way. The other two, Sarah Kustak, who's an analyst with the Nets, she's another one that I try and watch on Link Pass as often as I can, and I turn to her all the time for advice or different situations, uh, what would she do, that type of thing. And then Cassidy Hubbarth is someone that I was introduced to through Northwestern. So since I went to grad school and made that decision, I was connected with her. And those three have been so special to me and have treated me with such respect and have helped me become the person that I am today um, in a professional standpoint and just as a human being. So I, I owe them a lot, and I'm so thankful that they were willing to give me the time of day when I was still in undergrad going through my first couple live shots and figuring out this crazy world. Those are literally three of the best women I've ever met. It's like exactly yeah. what you said. I've like been able to like meet them and, and build these relationships too. And it blows my mind. Like, wow, they're like real people who want to help me and, and like asking me how I'm doing, you know, after watching them on TV for just years and years. And I feel like that kind of support can just be like so instrumental, especially, you know, as you're trying to build confidence moving up in the industry. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. They're like the best people, more than just professionals. Yes, we admire them and what they do, but as humans and the way that they treat people and talk to people, I think that's why I connected with them on such a deeper level because it was so much more than just basketball. And, okay. it, I mean, it's a coincidence, too, that all three of them did play at a really high level, <laughs> and so I think that we we bonded over that as well. But um, it, it, they just I, – I cannot – say enough wonderful things about them and what they've done for my career. I love that. You know, as an analyst in the NBA and a woman, honestly, still in a rare position, what would you tell young girls that want to be in the role you are as we continue to move closer to this new normal that we're seeing? Be fearless. I mean, one person's no is another person's yes. And I think you can't be discouraged by a closed door. Because if you keep working and, and you keep pushing forward and you stay true to who you are and your voice, the right door will open at the right time with the right people. And I, I think I'm a walking example of that, honestly. Like I started as an in-arena reporter and then the right eyes saw me. And those eyes 
understood who I am and what I come from and my knowledge of the game. And they respected that enough to give me a shot and be ready. I would say is the next piece of that advice is not only be fearless, but be ready when the opportunity does arise to just crush it. Um, My first analyst opportunity was on international women's day to not this past season, but the season before. And we did a three-man booth with me, Chris Marlowe, and Scott Hastings at Golden State. The Nuggets were playing the Warriors. That was my first time on altitude as an analyst. And I prepared like crazy, so I knew that I couldn't fail, and I knew I would be confident and ready. And that opportunity, because I did a a great job in that role, allowed me to get seven games as – the solo analyst with Chris Marlowe on Nuggets broadcast this season. So being able to take advantage of those open doors when they present themselves is huge. And I think, you know, everybody in this industry will say preparation, preparation, preparation. That's what the, that that's the key to success. But I think the step in between that is the preparation leads to the confidence. And when you're confident being yourself and using your voice and, and knowing that what you bring to a broadcast is valued and valid, that's when you allow yourself to really shine in those moments. Amen to all of Yeah. Us. Like, literally. <laughs> <laughs> if you follow Katie on Twitter, you know she's all about TikTok right now. And that is the inspiration for this week's game. Stick around. Welcome back inside How She Did It. Amanda Smith still here with Katie Wingie, and we are playing a TikTok-inspired game because I see you're all about it in these quarantine days. <laughs> I yes, I have. Um, I was I questioned it at first, and then I was like, okay, I've been home long enough where I got to try this <laughs> out and connect with this audience in some way. And I, I mean, I love dancing. I love being a goofball and getting outside my comfort zone. So it's been really fun exploring it and seeing what's out there. I love it. So this week's game is called Team TikTok, and so I've got some questions that I've come up with here. And I would like you to recruit Nuggets players, staff members, broadcasters, whoever it is, uh, as your answers are to be a part of these. (laughs) Okay. I'll do my best. (laughs) Okay. So if you could add one person to consistently be a part of your videos and duet with you, who would it be and why? Well, how many questions do you have here? Do I have to save? Can I only use one player (laughs) per question? No, you can use. So I can. I can have repeat answers. Yeah. I can, okay. See who's who you want on these sure. TikToks. Who you think's getting the most views? So <laughs> yeah, honestly, Nikola Jokic because <laughs> he couldn't care less about social media, so and funny. he is one of the funniest people and players. You just never know what he's going to say or what he's going to do, and so I think that people would tune into that just because of the unknown. And because of how awesome he is and his personality there, he's so goofy. So I think that that would be really fun. That's what have a team so TikTok. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of want to, like, <laughs> see this happen. Yeah. I mean, Paul, Paul Millsap is probably the most active nugget on it. And if you don't follow him, you should. He's, like, taken up magic tricks via the TikTok app. And it's – What? It's, Quite amusing. Yeah, you just would, like, never expect him to be that way, and and he has been, and I think we're seeing different sides of all of us during this quarantine. (laughs) Totally. Uh, Okay. Um, Have you seen, like, the 
the drake, the juicy slide one with all the dribbling that people are doing? Um, I Yes, I've seen the slide, but I haven't seen the dribbling version of it. I, now I'm going to have to look and try it. Oh, girl, okay. I'm going to send you this video when this is done. Okay, great. But it's pretty yes. cool. Basically, people just, like, dribble to the slide of the song. So instead of dancing, yeah. they're, like, dribbling at the same time. I've I've done one dribble TikTok so far with the um, – I don't remember what song it was, but, yes. You can follow me I on TikTok, it. Katie Wenji. You can see it. Yes. Okay. Beautiful. Yes. Thanks for plugging that. Yes. All okay. social media channels, Katie Wenji. Right. All right. So for this Drake one, though, you need a good dribbler. Uh, okay. Who do you want to be in the video with you? Jamal Murray or Monte Morris. I'm going either point guard. Okay. Both, both would be phenomenal, honestly. They really would. So it's going to be a trio. You're changing yeah. the entire game. I think so. Yeah. I would, yes. <laughs> Yeah, because that would get the most views. You're right. You're thinking. It would. That's that digital contributor coming out. Exactly, exactly. And you <laughs> you ask you ask for everyone and hope that you get like two or three. Right. Oh, okay. Uh this doesn't have a, a player or anyone, but what do nuggets play from this season that you would like to see people remake? Jamal Murray dunking in the Milwaukee Bucks game. Um, they called an offensive foul on him, but it, it's one of the best NBA dunks of the season, I would say. And so I would love to see people just reenacting that dunk and dunking over someone in their home. It would be phenomenal. <laughs> Otherwise, the other one that's the obvious answer is um, Nikola Jokic always does these, like he'll get a rebound on the defensive side and just will full court chuck to a player that's <laughs> running up the floor, like full court pass quarterback style. You know, we're in Broncos country here. So like Omaha from Peyton Manning oh and seeing people reenact that, like throwing a, a nerf ball off a wall and just going throughout their entire home to a player to, to dunk it on the other side of whatever court they are creating. That would be awesome too. These are amazing. I like, I mean, really hope that they happen. I know. I'm like excited about doing them now to put it out there so that other people do it. So thank you for inspiring me. That was my next question. I was like, it wasn't a question. It was like more of a challenge. I was going to be like, make up a challenge. You like to get trendy yeah. here, but I think we just came to it. I love it. Yeah. Full court, Nicole Jokic pass challenge. Hashtag. That name is too long, but we'll figure it out. We'll come up with something catchier. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. you did great. Thank you for participating in the Team TikTok Challenge this week. You're a good sport. Coming up. So happy to. <laughs> Katie's answering your guys' questions. Stick around. Welcome back inside How She Did It. Amanda Smith still here with Katie Wingie. She has not left yet, but she's about to because she's got stuff to do after she answers <laughs> some of your guys' questions. So the first question this week is from former guest on How She Did It, Kelsey Wright Johnson. What's up, girl? And she yeah, says, what's up, girl? Yeah, what's up? <laughs> and she would like to know, do you enjoy – sideline or analyst better I love this question um and they're they're similar in a lot of ways but they're different in a lot of ways and I think my favorite part about my current job honestly is the versatility and how I can be plugged into any role I can be a host of the pregame and postgame and halftime shows I can be a sideline reporter and you know report on the huddles and and do some some of the more feature-like stories with some of the players or I can jump in the analyst seat and call a game. And I think um, I've done that with radio and with TV now. And 
I love jumping around, which doesn't really answer her question, but I love the ability to, to work in multiple roles. It keeps things interesting for me. I never feel like I'm, you know, plateauing or bored covering games, which sounds ridiculous. Like, of course, I'm not going to be bored covering games. I, I love the <laughs> NBA, I love basketball, but um, I constantly feel like I'm growing and I constantly feel like I have opportunities to keep getting better in these different positions. And so um, I, I call myself a, and I get called utility player pretty often. And I love that aspect of, of what I bring to this job. What would you say is maybe the biggest difference going between working in radio and TV? Hands down the amount of time you get to talk. And here's what I mean by that. So on radio, the play-by-play voice is so important because he's describing, he or she is describing everything that's happening. They can't see anything. And so allowing them enough time to get in the information and set the scene for every possession is crucial. And so I say, I think I not necessarily speak more often on radio, but my my segments are, are much shorter, like just quick and to the point. I try and stay, you know, informative, but entertaining. I have fun with it. And uh, we have the conversations that we do when players are at the free throw line. Um, there's not a lot of time to tell stories or to dig a little deeper or to give more information when the when play is happening. On TV, you know that the fans can see what you're seeing. So it's your job to explain it deeper than the surface level of just what's going on or to slow it down for them or to point out something that they might not have understood or seen when the play was happening. Um, I love the fact that on TV we get replays, an opportunity to telestrate a little bit and, like I said, dive deeper into why a play happened or how they set it up. Uh, And then, again, you can tell a little bit more stories on the TV side while the play is happening. So you're adding color to the broadcast um, while someone's watching it. So a player hits a shot and, and you say, yeah, I actually spoke with that player. You know, this could be side, this is where Sivan reporting also kind of trickles into my analyst role because I love sharing like, yeah, I actually talked to that player at shooter on this morning and they told me that they switched something with their shooting form this summer and they've been working on it. And that's led to them being more consistent. So um, my my sideline reporting background helps me in the analyst role in that way of of jumping in and saying little side stories like that. Next up, we've got a question from Tay Lehman. She would like to know: Was it difficult deciding to move for your job? No, not at all. Um, I think I'm very fortunate though in that the city I was moving to was Denver, and now that I live in Colorado, I can't imagine living anywhere else. Um, I'm from Minnesota, like I said at the beginning of the pod, and I lived in Illinois for my undergrad and graduate degrees, um, and I feel like ended up exactly where I was supposed to be, and I love being outside. I love being in nature. That's like my favorite thing to do in my free time is to hike and ski and paddleboard and just be in the mountains, camp. Um, and so moving to a place that gave me an opportunity to see the world in that way and to be involved in, you know, nature in that way was the biggest blessing I could possibly have asked for. So, um, it was not difficult for me to move. I think also too, like, I was so excited about the job that it was like, 
not even a question. I was just so excited to get to Denver and to be working in the NBA. And um, it was scary for sure. But I mean, you go through different chapters and different journeys of your life. And I'm super close to my family and the flight from Denver to Minneapolis is cheap and short. And so um, (laughs) it's it's been the, the best fit I could possibly have asked for. So I think that that's a fantastic question, but very unique circumstance for me of like this city fit me and my lifestyle so well. And it was for a dream job that it was like a no brainer. You're thriving. Yes. Yes. I written it. And like, it's one of those things where um, I had no idea what I was walking into. It just like felt like a dream because I wanted to work in the NBA so badly. And I'm, I'm definitely one of those people who go into any situation with the attitude of like, I'm going to make this the best that I possibly can, regardless of the things that I can't control. Like let's control what we can't control here. And that's like the light that I bring to situations, the attitude that I bring, the effort that I bring. And so um, keeping that in the forefront of my mind too, is like, I kind of feel like I can conquer anything from that standpoint. I can live anywhere. I can, you know, that's where I get a lot of my confidence from is like, I've, I've made these choices and I've stood by these decisions and listened to like my voice and who I am. And I control what I can control in those situations. And that's, that's life, right? Totally. You know how you're like, I wanted to cover the NBA so badly. What was it about the league that drew you to wanting to work for them? Yeah, um, it's it's a funny story, actually, because when I was in grad school and I had left lo- like the local TV, like I said, I knew I didn't want to go back there. I knew I didn't want to go back into local TV to, you know, work my way back up that way. And I think we're at a point in um, this industry, too, of sports broadcasting and sports media where there are so many different avenues to getting into these jobs, like digital reporters, team reporters, um it local TV isn't the only path anymore like it used to be. And so I pretty much set out to work for an NBA team my final quarter at Northwestern. I was like, this is what I want. I love the league. I, I played basketball, so I felt like that's my area of expertise. Um, and the the freedom and the personalities and the way that the NBA presents itself as a league is what drew me in. Um, The importance of diversity, um, the opportunities, you know, they give based on just equality, the way that they allow their players to use their voices for more than just basketball. All of those little things was uh, to me, I was like, I want to cover these, these players. I want to cover this league. And I scoured, I'm not exaggerating, I I set aside an hour every day my last quarter at Northwestern to go to every single NBA website, their team websites, and check job postings. I was going to teamwork online. I was going to all those kind of more generic um, overall sports broadcasting job websites, but I found the Nuggets job on the Nuggets website under their job postings. So I, I went to all 30 teams all of them every single day to see if anything had been added or updated. And my timing was good too. At least I thought it would be because I was looking in August and I'm like, okay, the NBA season starts in October. This is the time when they're going to be looking to fill some of these positions. So 
I, I set out for that to be my, you know, my outcome in that situation. And, and I really, <laughs> I put it out into the universe and I was like, this is what I want. Like, I'm going to scour this every day. I'm going to, you know, make sure that I'm preparing in the right way and doing everything I can to set myself up to be successful in this situation. And it, it worked. It really did. And I, I don't think, I know that I worked really hard to get to this position. And I, I think that, you know, everybody thinks that they deserve those types of opportunities. And I felt like I had earned those types of opportunities. So um, yeah, I, it's crazy. It really is like to, for me to say like, yeah, I wanted to work in the NBA and then to, find a way to make that a reality. I still sometimes I'm like, wow, this is, I'm living my dream right now. It's crazy. It's awesome. You put in that time and, and the work to go, how you said, an hour every day to look for your jobs because you knew that's what you wanted to do. So that's like so awesome. Yeah. I just, I think too, it can be overwhelming for someone trying to get into, you know, just sports broadcasting in general because there are so many avenues now, there are so many job opportunities, like job openings and, and different paths you can take. So the more that you can find a niche and say, I want to cover this sport or, and like make yourself an expert at that sport. Um, I think that there are some newer sports that are up and coming that present some opportunities too, of like, you know, like lacrosse, I think, especially here in Colorado, uh, they're doing more and more lacrosse leagues and there are opportunities for people who, um, just work really hard and have some sort of broadcasting experience. So if you know lacrosse really well, the group of people that are applying for those jobs, you're automatically going to stand out. So for me, that was what it was with basketball. All right. This is kind of a good lead-in to our next question from Tim Rishi. As we talk about some of the goals you've accomplished, he would like to know what's a current goal you have. A current goal that I have. Um, I get the question, like, what's your next step a lot? And I have been really trying hard to be present lately and to just be in the moment and enjoy where I'm at because now that everybody has heard kind of my journey and, and where I've come from, this was my goal. And so I've always been a goal setter my whole life and have set myself up to follow these steps to get to where I want to be. And for the first time, I'm finally like here and I'm trying to just enjoy and appreciate and be grateful that I made it here. So it's hard for me to say right now, just professionally, I would love to have my own NBA show in some way, shape or form that I'm hosting and having guests on kind of like the jump. Um, that's the one that always comes to mind for me, something along those lines. I know Cassidy does hoop streams too. I love that. I love getting to interact with coaches and players and people around the league, not just in a basketball standpoint, but as like a, a people standpoint, like what are you doing when you're not playing? You know, what's important to your heart? What, what, you know, what can these fans relate to other than just what you put on the basketball court? So um, something along those lines would be amazing. I want to continue calling games too as an analyst. Um, I, I think that I have a lot of room to improve there, but I also think I bring something completely different to those broadcasts. And I want to continue to explore what that looks like and what my identity is like in that role and, and figure out how I can be the best analyst that I can be. So maybe getting a couple more of those games, that's also um, a goal in, in doing my best work in those roles as well when I do get those opportunities. And as you accomplish those, I can't wait till I come back and listen to this and be like, remember when she said that's what she wanted to do, and now she's yeah, doing it. Yeah, you heard it here first. Yeah. 
I love that. Okay, last question is from Ryan Randall, and he says, Katie, can you cross someone up in your heels like Doris Burke? <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I mean, I like. I would like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I always say, like, get yourself a girl that can rock sneakers or heels or, like, Jordans or heels because totally. I feel like that's, my, that's my life. Um, yeah, I, lo- I always love, like, when I – it's so funny. And I'm sure there are so many other women who can relate to this, too, especially women that have played. But um, I see videos of Kustak all the time doing this. But when we're, like, all dressed up and ready for games and then we go out and we get an opportunity to shoot for a second on the court and we just like knock down jumpers and everybody's like, wait, what? And we're like, yes, we actually played too. I know we look all dressed up and fancy right now, but like, we are, we were athletes at one point. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I love it so much. So basically the answer is yes. You could yes cross him up probably. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to think so. I'm, my game's not that rusty yet. Exactly. You keeping it sharp with that spider drill on TikTok? I find don't yeah, find it. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. You're welcome. I'm here to promote. Uh, thank yeah. you so much for joining me today. It's been so fun getting to know you and your story a little bit better. And I can't wait to see everything that you continue to accomplish. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's always fun. It's weird to be on the other side of it sometimes, but it's fun to have a chance to reflect. For sure. And thank you guys for listening this week and for sending in your questions for Katie. For Katie Wingy, I'm Amanda Smith. We'll catch you next time on How She Did It. <laughs>